0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Glory to Jesus Christ. One of the great images of the kingdom of heaven throughout Scripture that we participate in every liturgy is a great table spread. God as the host and all of the faithful around that table. When I get to this Sunday, reading Hebrews, the great, we called it the Hall of Faith when I was growing up, and you get the genealogy of Matthew, and this is one of those Sundays where I'm glad that we have a deacon so that he can stumble over the names instead of me. Uh, You know you can do, there's YouTube videos that will like literally pronounce everything for you. Uh, this goes around every year and clergy, like, email this, of, like, make sure you know how to pronounce these things, and they send it around. When I think of this particular image from scripture, for whatever reason, I kind of think of, like, a Valhalla scene. Not that Odin is involved or anything like that, but there's something about, especially this time of year... Where there's a roaring fire, there's song, there's something, uh, fraternity, there is a great joyousness. This is my anachronistic version of when I think of this, so you can have your own version. Maybe it's Hogwarts or something, I don't know. But you have, you can see the table is set. There is the great host. And as we come to this Sunday, as we've been having, there's an uptick in commemorations up to this point, not only of martyrs, because martyrs throughout the year, but there's also an emphasis upon the prophets and the forerunners of Christ. Specifically, the two Sundays before nativity are the forefathers of Christ and then the fathers of Christ, those in the flesh and those who were the great faith those of faith of the Old Testament. So who is seated at this great hall? Who is seated beside you? Well, you can go through the genealogy and probably have to ask them to pronounce their name for you as you want to know who is beside you. But you have, especially here in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11, you have the great patriarchs of the Old Testament. And they're here at this table... And I also have a little bit of Council of Nicaea that floats in for me, because at the Council of Nicaea, we tend to think that it was this kind of great gathering like this. But it was a great gathering of bishops who had lost a hand or who were hobbled, who were crippled because of the torture, who had confessed the faith and are present and accounted for and bear the cost of their confession of faith. So that as we go around the table of faith, because this is the hall of faith, we see Noah, who by faith built an ark while there was no water present yet. Can you imagine that? There's a guy. I mean, you always hear about little stories of somebody, maybe even some people, even building arks, literally. And everyone's like, why are you building this gigantic boat? And he's like, well, God said this was going to happen. And you just kind of go, okay. And you choose a different path next time. (laughs) By faith, Abraham left everything that he knew. And this is not like he lives in the United States of America, where you move for your job, maybe cycling every five years, or home was four or five moves ago. But Abraham left everything he knew to go into a place he knew nothing about because he believed God who made a promise to him. And Abraham did this without having the example of Abraham, without having the example of David, without having the example of an Elijah or the rest of the prophets or the apostles or the saints. But he got up and left by faith. Elijah stood out against the crowd. All of those who are following the idolatrous worship of Baal and he suffered for it physically. His belly suffered for it mentally, spiritually by faith. The three whole youths who are one of the great themes in our run up to the advent of our Lord, the Nativity, birth of our Lord, who, because they would not fall down and worship an idol, were thrown into the flames, and were not deterred in their faith, even though the flames killed the men who were stoking them. For time would fail to tell me of all tell you of all of the others that were gathered around this banquet table. Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, Samuel, and all of the other prophets. And it is through their faith, they subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. This is of course a reference to the prophet Daniel, who in the hymn that we sing today, became a shepherd of these lions. Quenched the violence of fire. The three holy youths escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight armies. Women received their dead raised to life again at the hands of the prophets. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others were mocked, scourged, chained and imprisoned. They're stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. And on top of all of that violence, they also walked around in sheepskins and goatskins with nothing. And the apostle tells us of all of these, those of the faithful, the world was not worthy of them. The world is not worthy of them because, as I was talking about, Noah or Abraham or Elijah or the three holy youths. Faith, as defined at the beginning of this chapter in Hebrews, is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Because faith means that it's not something tangible. You can't calculate it. There's not a cost-benefit analysis. There's not a risk assessment. It is faith. This means that you believe the testimony of those before you. You believe the testimony of God. You believe in the advent of our Lord into the flesh to free us from suffering. You believe especially because God the Father has raised his son from the dead. That he has vindicated him. These are all things that you can't touch. You can't measure. You can't drill down into absolute certainty. Sorry Descartes. This is not the way faith works. But it is the key to the banquet table. And on top of faith not being easy in the sense of it's not conditioned by our five senses or the fact that we can't measure it, It's also something that makes us stand out against the world or apart from the world. Not out of hatred, haughtiness, self-righteousness, or somehow that we're better than. But because we've believed the word of God and we're building an ark. That we believe the word of God and that we are pilgrims in journey. That we believe the word of God and his faithfulness. And while the prophets of Baal are cutting themselves and bleeding and crying out to God, you have Elijah waiting patiently, faithfully for the God who will send fire to envelop the altar and the water. That the world, all the, the peers of the three holy youths as they are getting ready, like you could just bow down, you can, you know... Cross your fingers. You don't really have to bow down to the idol, but just physically, you know, do it, and that'll appease the king. And you can go about and you can go into your closet and do your prayers. And the three holy youths say, No, we will take our water and our vegetables. We will not eat at your table because we know and we've heard from the prophets that there is a table laden for us. And there's the mist of that flame that the Holy One of Israel. Our Lord, appearing as an angel, is with them, protecting them. One of the great lines from this chapter comes at the very end of the reading today. That as we look around this table that God has set for all of the faithful, and we see their testimony, their witness, that we know they did not receive the promise, but they were looking to the promise. God has provided the promise in our Lord Jesus Christ and the reason being is that they should not be made perfect apart from us. That our God having set the table looking to those who before the advent of our Lord were to be made perfect with you and with me. That we all can sit at the table together. And today, as you can see as witnessed by the life-giving font that sits here in the middle of the church, we have added a few places at the table today that they may join us at the supper of the Lamb, that they join Noah, Abraham, Elijah, the three holy youths, Daniel, the prophets, the patriarchs the faithful women who received the dead raised to life again. For we take of his body and his blood in a few minutes at this table as a foretaste of that great hall, that great joyous gathering, the song that we will sing at that table. We begin to learn it now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.